this is Marissa. This is Denise. And we are Are You There, God? It's us, the book bitches. And today we are bringing you the episode about The Exorcist. The Exorcist. Oh my god. <laughs> I was. I did, you I started gesturing to me and I just like panicked. And that's I what came out. To, I just wanted you to like lean closer. <laughs> I didn't sorry. mean that. That was really upsetting. <laughs> I can do it again if you no, want. No, no, no. It's okay. <laughs> so, um, today's episode is brought to you by blueberry pancakes that Denise is making. And you bought that candle and I can't get them off my mind now. Bath and Body Works candles. And this seltzer from one of our local breweries called Our Brew. The name is not lit, but the drinks are. Damn, I hope no one who, like, Works there, owns it. Do you, you think we're gonna get about their name? When we hit it big, I hope I I will issue a formal apology. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, uh, Denise, before we get into The Exorcist, what did you read this week? I've been read. Okay, listen. Oh God, I've been rereading a lot of Stephen King. You've been what? Rereading. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't hear you. <laughs> a lot of Stephen King. And so I read Nightmares and Dreamscapes. There are some, dare I say, problematic elements in some of these stories. Stephen King loves the magical black person trope. He loves the, like, Native American burial ground trope. Okay. Okay, but Stanley Kubrick made that shit up for The Shining. Oh, yeah. Like, out of nowhere, they're like, oh, yeah, we built the Overlook on... Indian, Indian burial, burial ground. ground. And it was like, where the fuck did that come from? Why? Stanley Kubrick was making up his own movie. Like, it really, like, he took the general gist of The Shining. He actually read the synopsis on the back, and he said, making a movie. <laughs> what made me mad, we talked about this when we went to go see it last week. We went to go see it, so our local... Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Say that again. We went to go see it, and we both <laughs> fell asleep for, like, 30 minutes. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I forgot, in my excitement of this Friday night, Fright Night, this movie theater's doing, that, um... I, like, fucking The Shining's two and a half hours long. And it meanders. It meanders. Jack Nicholson's hot, though. Like, in, that in one? like, an ugly man way. But in mm-hmm. that movie? I like him in that, in terms of endearment. I like him, but What's not in either Diane of those movies. That's the one I like him in. When he's, he's so old. old. <laughs> I'm Ew. so sorry. They I like no, okay, they no. I like up him. his age in that they one. They did, and I like him. Maybe I just You're like Diane. You know what? We like him as the the Joker. Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, oh and I do like him as the Joker. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, okay. Wait, sorry. what was your so, point? Just that oh, you nightmares and dreams. Stephen King is problematic. There are some fucking weird ass like like story devices that I'm like <laughs> Stephen, like. <laughs> There was one that was, like, a bruja that just felt real racist. No. Yeah. And then there was another one. I can't fucking remember because I... It was just really weird and it felt not right. I, too, would like to lodge a complaint, but about what I read this week. Oh, no. So, actually, this podcast is no longer a review. It's just talking shit. 
So I read. Isn't okay. that? Hold on. Isn't that a nice way of calling a review like what it is? Yeah. It's just talking shit. And then maybe you have a nice point. You compliment sandwich it. Fair. And so, that's how they fired me from work. Denise told, <laughs> Denise told me that this book was a piece of crap. But I read it anyways because I just wanted a trashy thriller. Wait, which? I read The Sundown Motel. Oh, fuck that girl. So, okay. Sorry, the book the itself character. is not bad. It, it was pretty, like, middle ground for me as a thriller goes. Like, it was fine. I did like there was, like, that there was actual ghosts. That was kind of dope. I but really it wasn't like, like that. I actually, like that was like a Scooby-Doo episode. Damn you and you meddling kids where it was like actually not a ghost, just a guy in a costume. Like, I like that this was actually ghosts. I liked, so you know how it was like from two different perspectives? Mm-hmm. I liked one of the perspectives. So it's like Definitely I liked, liked half, half, of, half the of the book. <laughs> well, okay. So then this is the, this is the issue I had with it. And we both, okay. This, the main character that we followed for so much of the book, she was like, I'm not like other girls. And that was so obnoxious because she had the fucking nerve. Listen. Okay, look. She had the nerve. She was like, I'm not like other girls. I I was reading Harry Potter. Or, I'm sorry. Other kids were reading Harry Potter. I was reading Stephen King. Bitch, we were doing both because our parents didn't censor our books. <laughs> There's no way a nine-year-old should have read Pent Cemetery, but I did. Oh, my God. Why was I thinking about reading, like, Stephen King in middle school? Like, the librarian did not care about no. our lives. She didn't care. No, I can't get into that. <laughs> and then And then she was like, I'm not like other girls. I like murder. Let me tell you something. Let me just pull from my knowledge really quick. Oh, do it. Statistically speaking, mm-hmm. networks like Lifetime and Oxygen, okay? Okay. Their ratings plummeted. Were ground floor in the early 2000s. As soon as they introduced shit, like, snapped. Like, women murdering their husbands. Like, okay, medical mysteries, which really don't fall into it, but you know what I mean? No, they are captivating, though. Like, once they introduced things of that nature, their ratings went, like, doubled. Because that's what women want to fucking watch. So, no, and then things like CrimeCon, which I really wanted to go to, but it's, like, $500 a ticket. What the fuck? Per day. Oh, my God. But what? But whatever. That things like that is like ninety eight percent women. So what the hell are you talking about? I'm not like other girls. You are like like eighty percent of the women population. Everybody loves murder. Yeah, I think statistically, like the true crime boom really started with women, and kind of women are riding that wave right now. So for her, so here's shame on the author though, because the author was a woman. Oh, I know. So no, for I her know. to write this little character that was like, I'm not like other girls. And then literally be like, she was like, I'm a brunette. I have glasses. I'm wearing a flannel. I could find 95 of you on any college campus. Like, are you joking? You just have to, you just have to walk into my room. If I put on a flannel, <laughs> I would be like, anyways, the main character was just obnoxious. She was like, she was I read. Like, I read. I'm not like anybody else ever, even one time. And then... Her ending decision with, like, the whole murder, really, like, I was, I didn't trust her. And, I don't okay, understand so, why she, like, had to turn in her aunt. I can't. I didn't. No, I just can't. I just was like, you Did you understand it, though? Because I felt like I missed something. No. Her whole thing was a stupid moral argument. Murder is bad. Can I also tell he you? He murdered, like, three no, women. No, I know. He was or, a serial killer. Just to murder, like, 
Anyway, so no, I hold can't. on, hold on. I was disappointed. This is gonna be so stupid, but you know the lady cop and the aunt in the eighties. Mm-hmm. I thought they were gonna like get together. No lesbian love life. And I that was more disappointing. No, right? Oh my god, I did too. I thought it was gonna be like, oh, we found love. No, we're just friends. Ugh, cop out. Anyways, so, so I didn't like the book that I read. I, I also told did you. read. I did start the other book that I bought. Harlem Shuffle, very good so far. Um, I was also doing a reread of The Only Good Indians for our next podcast, and then I was reading The Exorcist for this one. So just working on bits and pieces here and there, but yeah. So I just came here to bitch. Um, but let us move on into The Exorcist. What do you, what do you think? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's All fucking right. do it. Let us take a Let's little do it. sip of our drink here are we gonna clink it's plastic and metal will it do it (laughs) so let me tell you a little bit about the synopsis of the exorcist uh i actually had a really hard time writing down the synopsis because i know that there's a plot but to me like the plot is loosely connected by some bullshit (laughs) like the shit that happens and then also the exorcist so something that i really like about the book and the movie is that they're very close so the movie, so when I, so I watched the movie first, uh, years ago, and then found out it was a book, and read the book, and the adaptation of the, from the book to the movie is so good. Well, because the dude who wrote the book wrote the screenplay, Which, right? but sometimes... No, I know. That they doesn't betray always you. translate, and they betray you, and suddenly are writing a different book. <laughs> <laughs> and we will not talk about... The Shining anymore. (laughs) But I will say, I know that Stephen King didn't write that screenplay, but all I'm saying is it's an awful adaptation of that fucking book. It's so loosely connected. Although the other day I was like, oh my god, me and Denise should be the twins from The Shining. But I felt like that's like redundant because we're twins every day of the year. (laughs) Like, do we (laughs) want to be another set of twins? (laughs) Just a different You know what? No, I had an idea for a couple costume next year. Mm Mm-hmm. It was just to be two cacti. (laughs) Okay, we're coming back to that. (laughs) So the synopsis of The Exorcist. We meet Father Mirren on an archaeological dig in Iraq. He's in northern Iraq. During it, he happens upon a figurine of the demon Pazuzu and sees, after he happens upon this figurine, sees a series of omens um, that kind of foreshadow... He's going to have some dealings with this demon later on. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. Every time I watch the movie, that desert scene, like that very beginning scene, I'm like, oh my god. Well, apparently you keep watching the director's cut. It's just really long in the director's cut. Even in the regular movie, though, I'm like, this is like 15 minutes long. I I watched The Exorcist yesterday and fast forward through it because I didn't need to see it. I actually literally forget about that part in both reading and every watching it i, I literally forget I'm it happens like, oh, yeah so that's the beginning of the book both the book and the movie wait and we're supposed to get the idea that he has met this demon before right right and then also that he's exercised it he's exercised so we that we get some ideas from the beginning and i think it's really well done plant some seeds in you and then you move on to a completely different Mm storyline 
From there, we are introduced to Chris, an actress, and her daughter, Reagan. One evening, Reagan is found playing with a Ouija board and communicating with Captain Howdy. But Chris, who is an atheist, very much an atheist, not even a little bit not atheist, doesn't think anything of it, thinks that Reagan is, like, projecting with this Ouija board because her father's name is Howard. Howard's out of the picture, very negligent in the movie. And in the book, they have that entire scene where she's just like trying to get a hold of the dad on Reagan's birthday and she can't. And she's very frustrated, screaming at the operator. Um, so Chris thinks it's more of like daddy issues. Right. <laughs> Definitely not thinking demon possession. Right. And she, there's been a couple scenes up until this point that you see that she mistrusts or I'm sorry, distrust the Jesuit priests that are everywhere because they live right next to that lake. Right. Before you go on, Mm -hmm. what's the difference between mistrust and distrust? (laughs) Is one of them not a word? Can I use them interchangeably? I don't know. (laughs) So in my brain, this is just maybe this, this could be wrong. Don't worry about it if it is. Distrust is you already just didn't trust something. Mistrust is like maybe you trust one point and then you decide. But is that wrong? I'm literally asking you. I don't know. Bitch, I don't know. I know I taught English, but look. We don't need to delve into that past. So anyways, so we're introduced then to Chris and Reagan. Um... Reagan is playing with that Ouija board that does parallel with the actual true story that this is based on shortly after Reagan gets extremely sick and is exhibiting some strange shit so furniture shaking she is like ill but like her body is like quickly like rapidly deteriorating um what else like the first couple symptoms not the cursing the cursing She's like suddenly saying like some wild shit like yeah. like the c like the c word. Wait, mm-hmm. can I say oh that? My God. Oh, no, our, don't. Our, our shit is explicit though, right? Yeah, but like you want to go there? <laughs> no, I don't mean, do it. Okay, I'm not British, so no, probably not. <laughs> so interspersed with their storyline, we meet Damien Karras, who is a priest and psych- psychiatrist. Hey, Marissa, do you think he's hot? Oh my god, he's so hot. The movie, like, he's just, like, this brooding, dark-haired man. And that's, if anybody knows anything about me, that's my type. Because do I want someone emotionally healthy? No. (laughs) Do I want someone off their rocker? So how would you have felt if they had gotten Marlon Brando to play him? I would have felt as positively as I felt towards this actor. Okay. Because this actor's pretty hot. Yeah. He's, like, a big dude, too. I just want him to, I want him to carry me. He's big? He's tall. Like, if you watch the movie, he's, like, really broad. Oh, okay. You can't tell because he's wearing his priest clothes, but he's, like, a hot priest. I have a thing for priests. What? Based on... <laughs> based, no, like, fictional ones. So, like, this guy and the guy from Fleabag. Okay, Probably but... Probably another priest in there. The but. guy from Fleabag. That's a whole other story, and he was crazy, and I really liked that. Same. So... We're introduced to Damien. He's pre-psychiatrist, but having a crisis of faith. And at this time, also loses his mother shortly into the book. Um, Father Karis, Chris, and Reagan are the main actors in the story. The story examines doubt, faith, and ancient rituals versus modernism. And it kind of talks about this, uh, like, psychiatry and psychology in the 70s. Mm-hmm. 
So take us into that. Let, let's talk about the psychiatry, the psychology. Okay, hold on. Let me let me let me get my notes. So this book is taking place early seventies. The early seventies were coming out of the sixties, and in the sixties you oh, wait. have <laughs> in the seventies. Are we coming out of the sixties? No. Honestly, hey, for so- those of you who don't know how to count by tens after sixty, you get seventy. You can fuck all the way off. <laughs> I cannot believe you. It was going to make sense in the context of my sentence. Say the sentence. I won't interrupt it. Say it again. Are you gonna? Are you judging mm-hmm. the sentence? Fine. I was going to say... <laughs> Never mind now. That's stupid. Because it was... In the 60s. No. In the, in the early 70s when we were shortly coming out of the 60s, what happened? <laughs> You're making me mad and sad. <laughs> Um, so we're coming out of academia started launching these critiques of mm-hmm. psychiatry and asylums. Okay. So you have a lot of works. I mean, I feel like there was not nearly enough critique. No, <laughs> I know. asylums. Not that I say, I know I'm an expert, but I did watch American Horror Story Asylum. <laughs> I like truly know you're not basing your knowledge <laughs> I also watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which also was coming out of the 60s and the 70s. <laughs> oh my god. You're Sorry, making continue. me, like, stressed out, because Sorry. please. Continue, continue. So Michael Foucault, okay. you know him, he's a theorist. He mm-hmm. he talked a lot about the carceral system, so the prison system. Um, he actually also wrote something called Madness and Civilization. I'm not sure if it's an essay or a book. I don't know. But basically, he wrote that. We have Goffman, who wrote Asylums. We have... It's spelled S-Z-A... S-Z? So I gotta say that. It's kind of like SZA, where you're like, I think this is how you say that. Yeah. Wait, let me see. Well... S Z A S Z. You could have just said his first name, Thomas. Oh, <laughs> Thomas just any Thomas. <laughs> any of the Thomases Thomas wrote this. Is this a- he wrote something called Myth of Mental Illness. So these were. This is the sixties. They're launching these critiques. Mm-hmm. Well, as you know, like with academia, it filtered into the mainstream in the early seventies. Okay. And all of these were basically saying like the asylum system is flawed. Mental illness is flawed. Um, casting the mentally ill as an oppressed group, Michael Foucault, that was his main mm-hmm. idea. And he, he did kind of like the oppression and the car- carceral system as well. So that's his yep. big thing. So the seventies, the big question is what is, and is not mental illness. This is when things like, Hey, is homosexuality actually a mental illness or not? That's when you know those what? questions are According coming into play. According to conservatives on TikTok, yes. And would you believe that they really... So, I, yeah, when you told me that yesterday, I remember when I was like, oh, when did they stop declaring that a mental illness? Because I was like, I was thinking maybe more recently, like the 90s. No. And when you said it was the 70s, I was like, I cannot believe people are really on TikTok with 50-year-old ass beliefs talking about, you weren't even born in the 70s. What do you mean? Anyways, continue. I... I don't know, Marissa. They're like, I'm like, yeah, I am mentally ill. I have anxiety. Like, I have a separate mental. Hop off my dick. 
I would be gay if I was stable. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so- I feel like a lot is to be said because I am straight and unfortunately unstable. Maybe more so than you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. So, okay, so you have this big question, what is a mental illness? And then you also have the schism between is mental illness biological or is it like a psychoanalytical issue? Say schism. 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 You said schism. it sounded so it slipped in so smoothly. Unlike Thomas's. <laughs> um, okay, so saying. you so this is also widening in the 70s while people are trying to figure out well what causes mental mm-hmm. illness. Me being gay. Only that. Only that. Okay. Damn homosexual. So in The Exorcist, we get a lot of people trying to move away from just automatically diagnosing Reagan as someone with mental illness. Mm -hmm. So I would say a good chunk of the book is what the hell is wrong with Reagan? It could be, um, like, at one point they said epilepsy. They said, didn't they mention bipolar, too? They had, so here's the thing, too, in the 70s, they had, like, five mental illnesses. Right. <laughs> they were, like, schizophrenia, paranoia, which I thought that was Hysteria. interesting. Hysteria. And before, okay, and then something <laughs> were I you told you. trying to think of the other <laughs> two? I can't even think of the other two. Well, bipolar, and they were, like, may- maybe it's that. And Melancholy. Me- <laughs> What year is this? Nineteen thirty. So, yeah. And I was telling you this yesterday. I was like, the thing that gets me is that immediately in the nineteen forties, nineteen thirties, they were like, let's just cut out a part of the brain, just a little itty bitty part. Oh, the lobotomies. Well, oh and then God. to find out that they weren't always, they weren't cutting your brain out. They were just stabbing parts of it. No, I know. Then I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! What the fuck? <laughs> then when we watched Nurse Ratched. Or no, Ratchet, it wasn't called Nurse Ratchet, Ratchet. Yeah. And they were showing you lobotomies, and they were doing them with, like, the ice pick. Well, I they were like, doing them when they were awake. Well, yeah, and then through their, like, your eyes. I was like, wait, I thought lobotomies were, like, it was... No! I thought they were cutting off... No, they're just, they're actually just stabbing pieces to mush, and I have an issue with that. But also... Oh, do you? Take mo- well... <laughs> Take it up with these psychiatrists. But I, okay, part of my issue with it is, for all we don't know about the brain, 2021, in the 30s, they felt so confident to just start stabbing pieces of the brain. It happened, it worked one time. Yeah, and then the 50s, 60s, 70s, we move into like shock therapy. And Denise and I, and I don't, I don't know, we've talked about this, I think, but I remember my mom had told us a story like years ago. About how our grandma had, do you remember this? Our grandma had a miscarriage. Okay. And she basically had, like, really dramatic mental breakdown. Just. Okay. Manic. Okay. Okay. And their solution was asylum. Good. They said psychiatric hospital for you. Isn't that what Girl Interrupted is about, too? Yes, but then her husband had to come get her out. Like, it was like. Yeah. So, first of all, what the fuck? Second of all, what the fuck? But just saying that the 70s was really like, hey, if we can't diagnose you with any of these two disorders that we know about, (laughs) you're going to go to a psychiatric hospital. Right. So the exorcist is, let's do the physical. Let's diagnose her physically. And they were coming out with some shit. Like, she's like, so the bed is levitating. He said, it was a seizure. What? 
Your whole bed is no, three feet off the floor. No, and my favorite part was when um, Father Karis is still like, I don't know, it could be a mental illness. And she's like, well, she like read my mind. He's like, telepathy could be part of it. What the <laughs> fuck, dude? They were like, magic? Do you think magic? <laughs> they were just making... So They were making it work. I think with what, they what The Exorcist does really well is it talks about kind of like the field mm-hmm. of medicine, especially psychiatry at that time. Well... No one had any idea what no the fuck they were any. doing. No, we had so many doctors that were like, hmm... Lithium? <laughs> Do you want lithium? Well, and lithium... So lithium well, was rising in popularity at this time. They still use lithium. Yeah. But they obviously don't use it to the extent that they do anymore. And honestly, it's really for things like BPT, BPD um, and, like, really, like, more of those, like, behavioral things. Yeah. They were but, just um, giving Yeah, they were just handing it out. <laughs> they were like, do you, you feel you're a woman? Lithium. What was that one that was, like, legalized speed that was they were giving out for people to lose weight? Um, speed with another name. <laughs> yeah, so that one. Oh, shit. I don't remember. I know what you're talking about. We could ask my mom. She lived through the 70s. How people lived through the 70s? So the 70s not only had to contend with some bullshit-ass medicine, they had to contend with a slew of serial killers that were coming oh my out. God. No, so, we okay, me and my dad and Amber were watching Sleepaway Camp. Mm-hmm. And... My dad saw this little kid wearing a polo shirt and, like, these weird nylon, like, sports shorts with it. And he was like, I just remember wearing things like that. And I was like, what was up with the 70s? Like, what was going on? It's like... And the only thing we should bring back are men wearing slutty crop tops. Slutty crop tops. Hashtag slutty crop tops for men. So, okay. So, we get into the medicine aspect of... The Exorcist, and even when you watch the movie, and I'm I'm just bringing up the movie a lot. One because it is one of my favorite movies, um, and two because I think the movie just does a really good job of giving you a visual, but it also follows the book so closely. Even like in the, the movie, yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Even in the movie, a lot of it is Reagan in a hospital room, and also like going back to the seventies medicine. They're doing MRIs on her in, like, these brain scans, and I cannot believe they have, like, metal tin cans flying around her head. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was like, man, that was what... And then, no, she's, like... and then she's terrified, which is right, because it's loud as hell. They, for, they have a... What is that called? An IV in your neck... Oh my god, that yeah, was awful. And they awful. put a big needle in her neck, and then no, an I IV. Know. I was like, "There's no and she's smaller like, needles." Cry- yeah, she's crying. Part of the anxiety. That's in the director's cut, by the way. <laughs> Part of the no, no, it's in the their oh, regular too. Yeah. Part of the anxiety that comes with the movie is like the hospital scenes by themselves are horrifying because even as an adult, I would not want to do that. And then I imagine just being love, a little girl. No, I love the the at the end of it. The doctors were like, "Well, maybe call a priest." Oh my god! They were like, "Yeah, even so, are, are you guys religious?" No, we would suggest the priests, the Catholics. And so religion was in a really weird time at this point because so Catholicism was kind of falling off. Well, okay. But what was really rising, and this probably kind of contributed to, like, the idea of, like, 
possession. demons and possession was evangelical Christians. Because they're all about demons and the Holy Spirit and just... Yeah, I was going to say, well, you're moving away from, like, that very, like, traditional, very, like, we have these rituals that we do and moving into more of the spiritual... Yeah, you're moving into, like, people holding snakes to say that we have faith. If the snake bites, bites me, I'll be healed. And if it doesn't bite me, it was a good day. God saved me. So we have that really, like, harsh move into evangelicalism. Um, you have that outpouring of what they call, like, they were referring to as the Holy Spirit, where we have people who are speaking in other tongues, but it is that move towards more of the, I want to say, spiritual aspect of religion. Now, to be clear, in the book, these Catholics are Roman Catholics, so you still have that belief in Jesus Christ as Savior, but along with that traditional aspect. Wait, what? There's two different kinds of Catholics? You have just Catholic and, like, Roman Catholics? Am I wrong? So you may be asking yourself, why are they going so much in... Are you asking yourself? Maybe. The context Wait, wait, wait. Can I interrupt you really quick? No. I'm going to interrupt you. Okay. Because I keep forgetting and I want to talk about this. Do you remember... Oh my god. Okay, do you remember when we were young women... This really couldn't wait. Much younger. Okay. No, for what? No, there's no waiting. (laughs) Much younger women, maybe 21, maybe 20, maybe 19. And Aaron, Aaron, one of our best friends, Aaron, (laughs) he watched The Exorcist for the first time, basically replayed the plot for us because we were very religious, so we weren't going to watch it. But he was, he's not good at describing things. He's (laughs) Because Real he vague use names, <laughs> no names used, so confusing. But do you remember the thing that he couldn't get over? The subliminal faces in the movie. So if you ever watched The Exorcist, you haven't watched it. Um, if if you haven't watched it, you you don't you Wait, may not know. Did they watch it or not? <laughs> if you did watch it and weren't paying attention, and if you did did not watch it because you didn't watch it. <laughs> Then you may not know that there's like little subliminal faces that pop up. It's just like a shot of a scary face. No, I think you could not be paying attention to the movie and still fucking see them because they're not that subliminal. They're a little subliminal. They're on the screen for like 20 seconds. They are not. Don't be drama. There may be like a second and a half. Don't be dramatic. So anyway. The point is, do you remember? I just want to put out there that subliminal is supposed to be a lot shorter than that. Anywho, it was the 70s. (laughs) If they didn't know how to make the brain work, why would they know how to make the subliminal messages work? All right, whatever. They said, that's fast enough for you. (laughs) So, do you remember how fucking stoked he was? He was like, oh my god, you guys, and this face, it's just a face. It's so scary. But he did the weirdest job of describing it. And even when I see it now, I think of his description and I'm like, what? Marissa, I still can't get over how he was so scared of Insidious. And it was the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. To be fair? No. He was so... he. People love Insidious. I don't get it because I watched it and yeah, it had jump scares, but the actual plot was really weird. So, and the actual, like, ghosts or demons or whatever, were, I thought it was so no, weird. No, but all I remember, walk- okay. and that's why we watched The Exorcist, because Aaron 
crappily described it to us years ago. So what I was going to say is you may be asking, why are they giving us so much fucking context of religion and psychiatry of the 70s? Mm-hmm. Because this book... This is the second question the person is asking themselves. <laughs> you don't let me finish the first question, Marissa, please. Okay. They're just asking Can you just <laughs> internal questions constantly. They're not was you only the anxiety. One. Oh my god, first of all. It was only one you interrupted <laughs> me in the middle of it. Okay, I'm so sorry. Okay. So Are you asking yourself? <laughs> I'm gonna answer. <laughs> the context of this is so important to the book because the book meanders its way to actually getting us to where Reagan is getting an exorcism. Yeah, it's maybe like the last 30 minutes of the movie that you're like, oh, Demons. Got it. Like, really, I mean, a lot of it's that, like, lead up, but <sighs> there's so much lead up that when you actually get to, like, the, the part with, like, um, the two priests that you're like, oh, shit, this is good. My favorite part is when Father Marin walks in. Oh, my God. And but you just he's hear, like, by that. You just hear the demon go, Marin! My oh, favorite part man. is actually the 30 seconds prior to that when he gets out of the cab and they have that dope-ass, like, Oh, still. I have a fun fact about that. Okay. He based that on a on a painting. Oh, nice. Called Empire of Light, mm. and I I wrote the dude's name. I cannot <laughs> read it. Come on, man. Try your Rome? best. Rome. Rhone. No. Why are you reading? That's your own writing. <laughs> Magrettes. Okay. <laughs> I don't write well. That sounded good. Yeah, I believe it. Okay, so it's based on a painting. Okay. No, it's so, but, you know, that's still, he stands there, he's in just, like, the, there's, like, a little bit of fog under that lamppost. I mean, if people haven't watched The Exorcist, most likely you can identify yeah. that still. What's fun is that he actually described it in the book. Mm-hmm. And I was not expecting that the first time I read it. I was like, oh, wow, so he he just had this image favorite, in his head. Favorite part of the movie, next to when they're in the trying to exercise the demon, and it imitates um, Damien's dead mom's voice. It's like, Demi, please. Demi, why did you do this to me? Demi, you left me all alone. Demi. I just want to say that in the book, the whole thing with his mom cuts so deep that there are parts of it I actually can't read. It's really sad. No, it's very, it's very so sad. It's tra- so Like, in the movie, it's sad. In the but book, in the book, it's, it's a heartbreaker. It's even worse. It's frankly. So... I just want to give you a fun fact about the Exorcist really before we go on to our main, uh, our main, our other point. Um, what have we been so, talking about if not main points? <laughs> I know. Just so the the woman who did the demon's voice, which I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was a woman? a woman. Yeah. What? She was an actress who did the demon's voice. Okay. She, in order to get a demon, I hope this lady made. Hundreds and thousands of dollars. I, I hope so, too. Because she does an amazing job. No, I know. So in order to get the demon voice, she chain-smoked. Mm-hmm. And then she drank a bunch of whiskey. Very many commitments. And then she, I don't understand this one, ate some raw eggs. As one does. And then they shot it. You know what? Maybe because it had, like, eggs have that, like, mucusy texture okay because okay. to me all i would need to do to get that demon voice is drink some dairy like there's some muc- like you know what, what i mean do you get mucus no i think i'm a little bit lactose 
Like, if I'm being honest. What the fuck? How do you get my stomach hurts? <laughs> what? Oh, my tummy. Wait, when? When, when you I eat drink milk. Like, and sometimes when I eat cheese. I think it may actually be cursed that you're just drinking milk. No, no, no. But, like, no, I don't just drink milk, bitch. Like, if I have do coffee you think it's with crazy that milk, people do? I do. I think it's disgusting. Because <laughs> it's just like... You know what? Deborah? sorry, I'm going to say this. Deborah was telling me that her husband, Stephen, drinks milk. No, that's like, like he might dairy actually, milk. No, he's like a serial killer then, right? <laughs> that's Deborah, like one of the signs. Answer our question. Text me later. <laughs> no, that was it. How many lines did she have? Not that many. No, she did talk a lot. She did she because that demon says some bit. fucked up stuff. So some of the fuck me, fuck me. No, that's not what he says. <laughs> Wait, what does he say? He says, um. I can't, I don't even want to say it. Oh, is it blasphemous? It's yeah, it's blasphemous. Oh, it's that part. Okay. He doesn't say fuck me, though. He says something else, and you're like, I watched it yesterday, and I was like, oh. It's like, I'm so sorry no, no, no. for anyone no, no, religious. No, 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 don't, don't, oh, don't you do don't it. mean it's do it. It's disgusting. No, it's blasphemous. Well, we can't bring that energy here. Fair enough. No, so, that's fair. So I like that we don't know the demon's name in the movie. <laughs> yeah, you don't know the demon's name. I also like that the demon is a fucking liar. So... The whole time that Damien, Father Karras, is talking to him, like, even in his first introduction, he's like, so who are you? And he's like, I'm the devil. And that's part of the reason that he doesn't think it's a demon, because he's like, he's out here saying it's the whole ass devil. Like, he's like, schizophrenics would say something like that. Psych- like, psychotics would say something like that. Right. But, like, a demon would normally tell you its name. And that's actually, um, if you're thinking about it from a biblical perspective... Yeah, if in the Bible you have stories of, like, Jesus being like, what's your name? The demon told Jesus its name, and then he would address it. So that made sense. Okay. And then he also has, like, the the demon... What else does the demon do? Oh, so he has, like, the holy water, or he says it's holy water, but it's actually just tap water, and Mm -hmm. he's sprinkling it on her body. And the demon's, like, thrashing and being, like, really drama about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know... (laughs) Stevens do and he goes downstairs and tells Chris like this is tap water this isn't holy water what do you think the motive was there I think to be confusing okay just to be confusing but also because remember his whole thing was to kill Reagan the demon's whole thing was to kill Reagan so to just draw that out okay that makes sense so this demon Mm -hmm. right so he is actually like a real like right figure in Assyrian and Babylonian mythology mm. he's supposed to be like a king of demons mm-hmm. and he has something to do with the wind <laughs> and he's also weirdly enough a protector of mother and children mother oh. and children mothers and children <laughs> just one mother just one and then other children yeah so so we um me and denise grew up in a more we grew up in non-denominational christian leaning towards like pentecostal evangelical mm-hmm and so, something that we were taught was that, you know, demons and angels have hierarchies. And so... You were taught that? Oh my god, where were you? Been so, I, yeah, I stayed in the church much longer than Denise did. But, yes, Denise, we were taught that. So, the, the idea of there being, like, a demon hierarchy pretty much matches with what... Like, the devil obviously... You have Lucifer, 
at the top of that chain and then demons falling underneath that. So that's why when he's like, well, this guy's out here saying he's the devil and he found that ridiculous because obviously if it's some lower ranking demon, yeah, whatever. So we had a cool, so the edition that we have and the edition you can buy in like Barnes Noble is the 40th anniversary edition. Mm -hmm. And so William Peter Blatty, that's Mm -hmm. how I'm assuming he's saying his last name. Probably. Um, He says this is like the second edition, like his second draft of the novel. So if you were to like check out an older version, it's Mm -hmm. slightly different. Mm. So he added some pieces and then he cleaned up some pieces. But at the time, when it was first published, he did not have money to do that. So if you pick up a new version, it's slightly different. And I kind of think that's cool. Um, But I hate this man. Oh, continue. Um, The author? Yeah. Okay. So he is a Roman Catholic. Mm -hmm. And in 2012, he filed a canon law petition against Georgetown, which is his alma mater. Okay. um, Because they were at, quote, unquote at variance with the Catholic Church as it had been inviting speakers who supported things like abortion rights, which basically was a, a like disobeying Pope John Paul II's induction no mm-hmm. instructions <laughs> regarding church regarding church affiliated colleges and universities. Oh, so this one um, sucks. Yeah, fuck him. I know you're like a Roman Catholic, but I don't give you any passes for that shit. No. Well, he also called a homeless man in this book a derelict, so I don't trust him already. Well, and then a big thing in The Exorcist, reading it, is he kind of talks about gay people in an awful way and just uses, like, the people in his novel as basically um, mouthpieces. Right. So the last thing we wanted to talk about was the actual story that inspired The Exorcist. Because I I did so much stupid research on this because I thought it was so interesting. I only I only I want to spoiler alert. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. many cases of demon possession, similar to like cases of split personality, okay, from like the seventies and sixties. Okay. Unfortunately, a lot of those get debunked. Or my, somebody comes out and says, I actually, I just, I didn't, I was My faking. favorite quote about this debunking of this particular exorcism is everyone was like, he was a bully and he just threw tantrums. Oh my God, right? Like they were like, he was, he just sucked. That's what they'd say about you. That's fine. And that's okay. <laughs> and we are honest about that. So I did look into the exorcism. It has two different names, which I thought was weird. And I want to piece them together. So one of them was Roland Doe, and the other was Robbie Manheim. Manheim? Something Germanish. Was the Roland Doe, like, was so, that like a pseudonym? No, they're both pseudonyms. They're both fake names. <laughs> why so is why the other one has, so intricate? So what I'm almost like is, like, was this guy's name Robbie Doe? Or <laughs> was it Roland Manheim? Manheim? Because, like, why do you have two different fake names? I actually think it's probably something that's R.M. Because the Doe is, like, John Doe, right? Right. No, yeah. So, anyway, so he has two fake names. We'll call him Roland going forward. Um, His case of exorcism... You don't want to give him another name? 
No, I can't. He can't keep up with his names. His case of exorcism was recorded by Raymond J. Bishop, a Jesuit priest. Um, this case became publicized in the media through a series of anonymous reports thought to have come from the family priest, which I was like, damn, that guy was not, he just was spilling the tea. Um, Luther Miles, and the exorcism was allegedly was witnessed by 48 people, including nine Jesuit priests. So, why were there so many people? Oh my god. <laughs> the 48 people is a lot of people. I can't get over that there were nine priests. And then there was nine priests. Okay, were they so... working on shifts, do you think? <laughs> they were like, alright, got... I'm going to give this one my try. <laughs> so, it became publicized because basically they think that this family priest sent in like letters to the paper and was like, hey, this is some shit that happened. Which I... Couldn't find a motive behind that. I'm going to start writing anonymous Just things. Just to be a shit stirrer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> shit stirrer? Yeah. Shit stirrer? Is that a thing? Yeah. A stirrer of shit. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I can't believe that's Google in the dictionary. Dictionary. Go- dictionary. <laughs> Google dictionary said that it is real. And it's a vulgar slang. Oh, good. It's also a noun. Oh, it's not an adjective. No, and it's not a verb because that's an action. Stirring shit. I just read it. Do you need me to fact check? It's a person, place, or thing. I guess it would fall under thing. Oh no, a person. Shit stirs are their own category of people. (laughs) So anyway, so (laughs) and this priest. So the priest basically sent in these anonymous letters. Wait, hold on. You've, like, seriously never heard of this phrase? I don't feel like I have. Okay. I feel like... I feel I've like... never used that phrase in front of you in my whole life. I feel like I'm kind of drunk right now. I was like, like, my memory extends to is five minutes like, ago. Is this, like, another picture boy type of deal? <laughs> so... What was I talking about? Oh, okay. So the priest, the, the family priest told all their business he sent in these anonymous letters um the main priest involved was truly not convinced what the fuck (laughs) he performed the exorcism and then later on like when he was much older was like i didn't confirm that shit don't put that on me (laughs) like literally (laughs) like in an interview was like uh no i never said it was real Wait, Which, he just went in there and said the rights or whatever? I don't know. Said, I, was I there? <laughs> like, I can't tell you the details. Me? I can tell you what, like, the wiki page said. So, the way that this supposedly went down was Roland was introduced to a Ouija board by his aunt, who was a spiritualist, okay? So, parallels, obviously, the exorcist where Reagan just found the Ouija board in their house and was playing with it. From then on... The family experiences strange noises, shaking furniture, flying objects when Roland was nearby. During the exorcism, he broke from his restraints, grabbed a a broken bed spring, and stabbed the priest in the arm. Was it the one who was, like, telling everyone everything? A different one. Oh. No, the family priest wasn't involved. He was just the one that told all their business. What the hell? I don't know, dude. Okay. There's like, and then there was a bunch of priest names. 
Like, literally, there was, like, so many Well, because there was, like, 72 was, of them involved. And, which, okay, I have questions. The Catholic so Church no. is a bu- bureaucracy. <laughs> First of all, there's 40 pe- 48 people at this exorcist. Only nine of them were priests. Who the fuck were the other 30, 38? The like, family sold tickets. <laughs> like, what do you mean there was 30 more plus people available at the... <laughs> like, what... So he stabbed this priest in the arm, okay? As one does when possessed by a demon. Or just um, in general. And they, they reported on other things. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, they reported. Well, the Catholic Church be fucking around. They reported on other things at the time. Roland speaking in this guttural voice. Um, maybe he had like eight eggs or something. He had like an, aver- <laughs> an aversion at that moment to anything that was religiously sacred there were words like carved on his body like help and christ and stuff like that okay so yeah pretty freaky shit right and does reflect reagan's experience in the actual the book the exorcist because she has the words help me that are carved on her stomach he went in hard yeah um she has that voice she uh, what else she the, had the, the words. The word. No, I said that. Oh, <laughs> wait. Where the fuck were you for like the last thirty seconds? Um, he had the oh, the, voice. <laughs> oh my god! If you say something else that I said, <laughs> she looked fucked up. <laughs> so and the director's cut. So okay, if you do plan on watching The Exorcist, I'm just gonna throw this out there. In the director's cut, they have the scene of her. Walking fucking backwards down the stairs on her hands. I did not think that was scary. I that scared me because I've never seen it before. I was like, oh my god. They made it too fast. Do you think? Because I I do, because I thought it just looked really stupid. (laughs) And And okay, and then he throws up at the bottom. That's rude. (laughs) That was gross. Like the part that freaks me out is the part where she just is like, you're going to die up there. And then pees. Oh, when she pisses on the floor. No, the part that scares me is when she's like, okay, first of all, the demon had a British accent, which I thought was fucking hilarious. <laughs> Every time I watch it, the, the demon's like, cheerio, mate. <laughs> and like, you're like, hey, man, this is the United States. <laughs> you guys going to get an American demon? <laughs> He's literally an Assyrian demon. Why did he Why have a British, is he British? <laughs> Anyways. Oh, okay, so then going back to Roland. Where was I going with that? Oh, no, the part that scares me in The Exorcist, this is what I was going to say, is the part where she's literally stabbing her vagina with the cross. And then she grabs her mom's face and puts it there. I'm like, <gasps> that scares you? It scares me because it's disgusting. So something that something that maybe you don't know... Is that things that scare me in horror tend to be just like gory, grotesque things? Oh, like I like like jump scares. Okay, yeah, they're like they're jump scares, but like something that's grotesque, like oh, I can't do it. Like oh no. So okay, going back to Roland. <laughs> Evidently, the exorcism worked. Mm-hmm. Him and his forty-eight friends, <laughs> and he led a relatively normal life after. That was reported. Now. Some disagreements on the actual case of possession. One, it is noticed, noted, like we mentioned before, that this kid f- just fucking sucked. 
he was a bully. He was known to play tricks on people. He was the worst. He was just the worst. And, like, when they go back to interview people who knew him as a kid, they're just like, um, like, he probably could have pretended to be a demon. They, they, they are not like, yeah, he was possessed by a demon. They're like, no, he kind of just sucked. So that's the first thing. Good, good. Second of all, how shitty do you have to be that people are like, yeah, you would, <laughs> you would, you would pretend to be a demon. In the arm. Well, oh, and he broke one of the priest's nose during the exorcism. Like, that's one of the, I forgot, they mentioned that too. Yeah, he stabbed a priest and broke his what nose. What's up with this kid? So then, there's so much damning evidence against it being a demonic possession. So, first of all, the location of said exorcism is wrong. Uh, it's in a completely different state, if I remember. Why is it damning evidence? Because, okay, so, listen. Oh, Okay. So, marks that were found on Roland's body, like I told you, they had, like, the carved out words. Mm -hmm. Nobody checked under his fingernails to see if he made those marks. They just kind of were like, demon. Demon. What the fuck? Um, a lot of them, a lot of people later on said that- That's like an oversight. Yeah, a lot of people later on said his voice never changed. Okay. And a lot of the story is hearsay and was never verified. By any kind of evidence. There was 48 people there. But that... Okay. No one got According anything. to the family priest. <laughs> Fucking But hate. then, many... Uh, okay, sorry. I always said that. The main priest later on suffered a mental breakdown and completely left that community. Me. So, no, yeah, nothing that really... Like, a lot of people are, have debunked that that exorcism was real. Um, they do say that he was troubled and clever. I just have so many questions. And then, I will say this for, in terms of demon possession generally, there are a lot of Christian academics, I wouldn't say a lot, maybe like half, that hold the opinion that you can still be possessed by a demon and that exorcisms might be necessary. Here's my thing. Going back to the 48 people, because I can't get over that. <laughs> you have a fucking this party was, in your This room. wasn't the 1840s. This was the <laughs> 1940s. No one thought, let's somehow get record of this. Let's really <laughs> nail down people's statements no. in this event. They were just like, let's rock with it, demon possession. What the no hell, names. dude? No, I can't get over that. No face, no case. That's what they said. Do you want to hear... <laughs> What the fuck does that mean? Hold on, hold on. Let me let me see if I have a couple of more exorcist fun facts. I don't, but I do have <laughs> so more shit to say. <laughs> okay, so I have one more fun fact about the exorcist. And she's a fucking liar because there's another fun fact. There's actually three, but that's... Oh. <laughs> They're all just... I don't know if you can call two of them fun facts. One of them's a complaint. Um... <laughs> So, first, it was the first horror movie to be nominated for a Best Picture mm. in the Oscars. That is a fun fact. That's dope. Yeah. Fun fact number one. Fun fact number two <laughs> is fuck this author once again. How <laughs> oh is he so mad about abortion rights and his ass was married four times and divorced three? Fuck that guy. Okay. The third fun fact is there's going to be a new Exorcist trilogy on Peacock. So, I would like to address two out of three of those. <laughs> okay. Um, the first one is, fuck Peacock. 
I hate that there's another streaming service. They have. And they, are, they have a chokehold on some of these movies. And they shows. have Halloween kills. The word is Halloween. You, Denise says Halloween. <laughs> like, oh, Hollow's Eve. <laughs> Um, that's my first complaint. my soul from the like, 1880s. Can Peacock actually jump off the streaming services? Like, get out of here, man. We didn't need a... What am I supposed to do? It's only $10 a month. I paid $3.99 for Hulu because I was cheap. And then I got on your Hulu. $3.99. Whatever their cheap one $7.99. Their cheapest one was $7.99. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. I lied to my... I think I lied to myself just so I would su- subscribe to it. <laughs> I'm... I I couldn't do the commercial one. At this point, I, I don't couldn't know. do the commercial one. I just <laughs> had to pay the $12. At this point, I don't know what streaming service I don't have and do have and what I'm paying for and whose streaming service. I don't care, but I'm just saying. And now... So you don't care, but you won't get Peacock. Shut up. <laughs> my second thing is... The Catholics do care about divorce conveniently. Henry VIII. Henry VIII, who behead, just started beheading wives. And they didn't say, all right, you can get divorced. They just said, hey, man, cool it. Like, they didn't, like, they didn't, they weren't like, okay, like, just get divorced from them. He was like, I mean, I guess I gotta kill him. What? He only killed one. That's one too many. He divorced the first one, and then he killed. And Anne the Catholics Boleyn. were all pissed off about it. And then he did some other fuck shit with the other. What? He six had eight, wives? six. I don't remember. So, anyways, is it Henry the Eighth, and he had eight wives, or is it like he's the eighth, and I just don't remember how many wives he had? Girl, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so all that to say that. We we would highly... Okay, you know what? I wouldn't highly recommend The Exorcist. Because if you are religious and you don't like blasphemy, it is a little bit blasphemous. Like, a lot of blasphemous a lot of the way through. And I will say that as someone who did grow up religious, like, the first one was, like, a shock to my system. I was like, oh, my God. Um, now I'm dead to it. But it is a lot to read but i if you are someone who does like horror and maybe you can fuck with like demons and spiritual stuff this is a good one if you like the first conjuring if you like the first conjuring i actually also feel like if you like either the book or the movie rosemary's baby this i feel like is a really good kind of partner Mm -hmm. they're both 70s they they're they're both meandering as shit and um you know they're just both kind of batshit in their own ways. It's fair. So, um, yeah, we just want to extend that invitation to you to read it or watch it. I would honestly, this is one of those that I would say you could do either or. You don't have to do both. Would you recommend them to watch the director's cut? I w- yes. Because it's... The director's cut, I think, is better. Um, but, like, also the, the... Okay, the free version, if you have HBO Max is not the director's cut. If you're okay with renting it for $2.99 on Amazon Prime, then get the director's cut. Okay. So, yeah. We just want to say thank you so much for listening to podcast number five. This is our spooky, scary episode to go along with October. Make sure you um, look on our Instagram for our group couple costume. There's only (laughs) two of us, so it's a couple. Our group couple. Like, who's the group? Me and you and a... Who else? 
Me and the cheese have a group costume. <laughs> and tune in. So we will actually be posting these consecutive weeks. So this week will be The Exorcist. And then the following week will be two of the horror novels that we technically promised you last podcast, but who the hell cares? Um, My Heart is a Chainsaw and... The Only Good Indians. The Only Good Indians by Stephen Jones Graham. Wrong way around. Oh, Stephen, Stephen Graham, Graham Jones. Jones. <laughs> I thought you were, like, joking. <laughs> you know what? I tried to adopt my not drunk voice, and I feel like it was working until it got to that point. <laughs> okay. And with that said, thank you for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye.